0: Who's ever Googled man on the street? Who's ever watched Jimmy Kimmel and seen his man on the street thing? Where they ask people on the street questions and the people are so dumb. Well, what's the name of the first president of the United States? Or, or who's our current vice president? Or who is our last president? It's like they, they don't know. So it's kind of funny. But if you Google spiritual things, it stops being funny and it makes me want to cry on how many people um, don't know spiritual things. And it's my heart that if you're part of this ministry related to this congregation and someone comes on the street and approaches you with a TV camera, this is your opportunity to speak out that you can speak with authority. Who knows, maybe you'll go viral. Years ago, long time ago, like 16 years ago, I spoke on a series on evolution and creation. And the title of the series was, now brace yourself, can't believe the pastor talked like this. But the title of this series was Atheism Sucks. Yes, who can say that? Atheism Sucks. The word sucks is in the dictionary. It means low quality it means to be reduced in value. So I did that to get people's attention so they listen to my series. Well, one of the kids in the youth group didn't pay any attention to me. He wanted to experience the Lord. He wanted to worship. He wanted to sing. But he kind of had an attitude already. Right, all right, already, let's worship. Enough of this evolution stuff. This isn't really important. That year... He was downtown Fort Worth, and PBS was there. You know Channel 13, public broadcast, was there doing a film of people on the street on what they believe about God and creation and evolution. He didn't remember a thing I said, but he did remember the title. So when he came in front of the camera, They said, well, what do you think about creation and evolution and atheism and God? He said, atheism sucks. That's all he could say. He wasn't prepared. So it's my heart. Just give me a few minutes. Listen. Who knows? Maybe you maybe become a believer if you're not a believer. And if you're an atheist, you definitely need to hear what we believe if you want to prove your point. But it's my heart's desire that you understand Jesus Christ died for you. Do you celebrate Easter? Um,
1: yeah, a little bit.
0: Do you celebrate Easter? No. Do I celebrate Easter? No. Do you celebrate Easter? Yes, I do. What's so important about Easter? What's it all about? I believe it's because the
1: day of Jesus was born, or it has to do with God. Why do you celebrate Easter?
0: Uh, it's a fun family time. Is there any significance to why we recognize it as a holiday? I don't recognize it as a holiday due to my religious beliefs. Do you celebrate Easter? Mmm. Not really.
1: I just know that you pick up Easter eggs on Easter. Why do you celebrate Easter? Because uh, my parents did. What do you think the
0: significance of Easter is? What's it all about? Uh, it's about the uh, Christ, uh, the Christ of... Uh... Why do you celebrate Easter? Because that's how I grew up. What's it all about? I don't know. What's the significance of Easter? Um, I really don't know. Do you believe that Jesus rose from the dead?
1: Yeah. No, that's the historical meaning of the holiday. Oh, really? That's it. Learn something new
0: every day, don't you? you believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Yes. Do you know that's the significance of the holiday? I do now. I know most people celebrate it about Jesus, but I'm not religious, so. They say Jesus rose from the dead, you know what I'm saying? But,
1: you know, I don't, I don't know. It's uh,
0: something of Jesus, I don't know.
1: Well, I think it has something to do with, like, God, or I don't know. I don't really know that much, but.
0: Do you believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Is that.?
1: I really don't know what I believe.
0: So, what's the meaning of Easter? The day Jesus rose from the dead. Some of the confusion is. It needs to be called Resurrection Day rather than Easter. But what happened was Jesus rose from the dead on a pagan holiday. How dare he trash Ishtar, the goddess, and her special day? But he did. And so the day just began to be called Easter. It points to the resurrection of Jesus. Someone came to earth, made a mighty impact, but made a bigger impact in dying and rising from the dead. Give me your attention for a few more minutes. I would like to speak to you on 10 reasons I believe the resurrection is true. Can you say true? First reason is the fact that he died. If he didn't die, then there would be no need for a resurrection, right? And history has proven again and again that there was a man named Jesus and that he did die. It was a public thing. In Acts 26, Paul preached about Jesus to a Roman authority and he told him, you know these things I'm telling you is true because none of this happened on a corner somewhere. He died on a hill where all could see a death that wasn't his to die. He was falsely accused. He was lied about and sentenced to death by people that hated him. Who knows there's people that hate in the world? Haters everywhere. Haters with murder in their hearts. Jesus said, if you hate someone, you've got murder in your heart. And some people acted out. And in his case, he was killed. Well, God allowed it to happen so that his death could become the sacrifice for the sins, that is the wickedness, of the whole world. He was put to death because of human wickedness and he died for human wickedness. He died because of human wickedness and he died for human wickedness so that we could be forgiven and the punishment we deserve for our wickedness, even though it is not as great as the wickedness of killing an innocent man, we could be forgiven and his death could become our punishment. It's kind of like this. If you got in trouble with the law, let's say you, who has their driver's license? Let's say you get a ticket for speeding. If you don't pay that ticket, you wind up in jail, right? But if your dad or your mom or someone who loves you pays your ticket and tells you, you know, this is one (laughs) time. They pay your ticket. They have taken your punishment for you, right? I mean, money doesn't grow on trees. So your mama daddy or your daddy mama reached in their wallet, their hard-earned money, and they paid your fine. They paid back the debt you owed. Maybe you were shoplifting and you got in trouble and your parents kicked up what you needed. That is taking your punishment. That's what Jesus did for the whole world on the cross. So the first reason I believe in the resurrection is he did die which set the stage for a resurrection. And was a very permanent thing. It's on the records. The second reason I believe in the resurrection is the reality of what happened on the third day. The tomb, the place he was buried, was empty. Even though it was guarded, and even though the Romans had put a seal on it, that is a a government... uh, chain or line or rope or something on it sealed with the Roman seal with with hot wax making it a crime to break that seal on a heavy stone that weighed over a thousand pounds closing the mouth of that tomb Easter morning the tomb was found open seal broken guards confused tomb empty the church was born Not that long of a walk from there because people could see the man they knew died resurrected. The tomb was empty. The third reason I believe in the resurrection is the phenomena of the Scriptures. Can we say phenomena? That means something that's amazing. Something that is uh, something to be taken notice of. The scriptures for hundreds of years, the 39 books of the Old Testament, contain prophecies in it about a Messiah. And Jesus came and fulfilled all of them. The laws of probability for one person to fulfill all of those uh, would be more likely for you and I to win the lottery many times. Give you an example. So many people lived on the earth at that time. And so for someone to be be born in a little town called Bethlehem, outside town in in the pasture there in a stable, for someone to be born in that time, there was one person out of how many million? All right? He was born there. And then he went from there to Egypt. For somebody to be born in Bethlehem, and taken to Egypt for a few years, a a season or so, uh, that increases the odds. Out of all the millions of people in the world, what's the likelihood that a person will go there? Well, that's one in so many million. Well, you can't forget the first odds, that a a chance that a person would be born in Bethlehem, and a chance that a person would come from Egypt. And so you add these things, and it accumulates... And mathematicians a a classroom in university worked on this and just dealt with eight of the major prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. And they figured that a chance that one person could fulfill eight of the prophecies that were given hundreds of years before Jesus came was like one in 10 to the 84th power. Huge. Yet he fulfilled close to 70 major prophecies and dozens of technicalities. A major prophecy was that he would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. Someone would tell him where he could find him if you pay me 30 pieces of silver. The technicality of that major prophecy was that that silver would wind up on the temple floor. The guy didn't keep it. And the people that had given it to him didn't keep it. So another technicality was that that silver would be used to buy a field which is what happened with that money because it was blood money. So the phenomena of the Scriptures itself, Christ fulfilling all of these, and within the Scriptures is a description of the crucifixion. You want to get freaked out. Who's heard of the 23rd Psalm? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Wonderful Psalm. Read the Psalm before that one. Not right now. It is a vision someone is having. David is prophesying in the first person as though he's on the cross describing his experience. It's almost R-rated in the gore that it describes in it. Christ fulfilled that. Isaiah 53 is another description of someone being sacrificed for the sins of others. So Christ fulfilling these scriptures gives me a reason to believe in the resurrection because the scriptures also spoke of his resurrection, that he fulfilled that as well. Another reason I believe in the resurrection is the transformation of his followers. Now, his followers believed in him, but only to such a point. And so when they saw him arrested and saw him killed, they went into hiding. They were afraid for their own skin. One of the ones who was closest to him, Simon Peter, Cephas and Aramaic, denied that he even knew the Lord. In fact, he said, may I be damned if I knew who he was. And yet, he became a mighty evangelist, a preacher, a declarer of the gospel of Jesus. Because he believed in the resurrection, it transformed his life. It made him bold. The man that used to be a a fearful person, a guy that used to put his foot in his mouth, suddenly became a bold preacher for the resurrection. It so transformed him. Now these guys were threatened with torture, and they were tortured. These guys were threatened with death, and they were killed. But according to history, not one of them recanted their faith In the resurrection of Jesus. Not one of them backed down. If his resurrection was a hoax, if it was faked, somebody would have cracked, right? Let's fool the principal. Let's, you know, let's make a bomb threat or let's do this or let's do that. And when they call all you guys in to find out what the truth is, somebody's going to crack. And the beans are going to get spilled. Always happens. Don't ever trust that person that talks you into doing something wrong because they will squeal on you like a stuck pig as soon as they get in trouble. So these guys faced great problems. They lost everything, lost their lives. In fact, uh, the Roman Catholic Church says that Peter was threatened with death like Jesus. And he said, I'm not going to back down. He did rise from the dead. And if you're going to crucify me, I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Lord. Crucify me upside down. That's no fun, but that's radical. Because he believed in the resurrection. Another reason I believe in the resurrection is because at one point, 1 Corinthians 15 says that Jesus appeared at the same time to over 500 eyewitnesses. So these people were witnesses. They saw him. Not just his followers and his family, but over 500 people at one time saw the Lord. After his resurrection, before he ascended back to heaven, he made appearances for 40 days, proving himself to be alive to his followers. And the largest group we have on record was 500 people. All right. In court, the testimony of eyewitnesses stands in fact if there's two eyewitnesses that say you did something and they saw you did did it you're in big trouble you better come up with some proof of where you were at the time you better come up with a solid alibi so this thing would hold up in court if these guys were hauled to court and they were hauled to court and all they could do is threaten them no none of them would recant their faith Now, this is huge to me, the conversion of his family. Uh, There's been plenty of crackpots out in the world that get people to follow them and do what they want, but their families don't always go along with it. In fact, we've had some presidents, you know, some great men. You can't be a loser and become a president in the United States, but their families often have embarrassed them. Who's heard of President Jimmy Carter? his brother was kind of embarrassing, named Billy, Billy Carter, and, and, uh, you know, he didn't have the respect that the nation had for his brother. Jesus' family, according to the Gospels, during his ministry followed him from afar. They weren't fully devoted to him, you know. Can you imagine having Jesus for a brother? Never got in trouble, never sinned. Oh, here you go again, Mom, telling that story, you know, about how he was conceived. I remember the Christmas story. So everybody's out to fight. Who has brothers and sisters? All right, sometimes you're not one another's biggest fans. I would encourage you to deal with that because sibling rivalry is not the will of God. And Jesus' family did get on board. In fact, two of his brothers wrote books in the New Testament, the book of James and the book of Jude. Jesus had four brothers and at least two sisters. And they were there the day the church was born, 50 days after his resurrection. So this is an awesome phenomena to me. This this screams something to be considered and not to be disregarded. Another reason I believe in the resurrection, this, this one will mess with your mind, is his enemies. You mean the people that wanted him killed? Yes. You mean the people that wanted him destroyed? Yes. You mean the people that wanted him to suffer? Yes. They are a reason to believe in the resurrection. Why? Well, they made sure he was dead. And in Matthew 27, they told the authorities, he must be buried and we must put a guard at his tomb. Because he prophesied he would rise from the dead, and we don't want his followers coming in at night and stealing the body. We don't want them faking a resurrection. So his enemies serve the purposes of God. See, God is so awesome, even his enemies are working for him. That's that's pretty awesome, isn't it? Sometimes the people that are against you, you really don't have to retaliate. They'll reap what they sow. And they'll make you look good if you just behave yourself. People will see, man, that person's different. He's not getting down in the muck and the mire with with the evil people around him. And so the enemies of Christ helped make sure that the resurrection was perfect. They made sure that the crime scene was not contaminated. Who's heard of crime scenes contaminated and, and killers getting to go free? all because somebody jacked around with the crime scene and and contaminated it and messed it up. Well, these guys made sure that didn't happen, which gives us a reason to believe in the resurrection. Matthew 27, they told the authorities, Sir, we remember while he was alive how that deceiver said, After three days I will rise, therefore command that the the tomb be made secure until the third day lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the people, he has risen from the dead. (laughs) Well, maybe that happened anyway. Well, how come they didn't find the body? And what are all these reports of sightings of him appearing to people? Another huge reason, I believe, in the resurrection is what happened to the Roman Empire, who's had history major part of world history is the Roman conquest of the world. The Greeks conquered part of the world and the Romans conquered the Greeks and extended their empire. And it primarily was all around the area of the Mediterranean Ocean. The gospel spread throughout the Roman Empire, even though Christians were killed, fed to lions, torn apart by gladiators sawn in pieces, not recanting their faith in the resurrection, being crucified, Peter upside down. After three centuries of trying to wipe out the resurrection story, can we say three centuries? After three centuries of trying to wipe out the resurrection story, the Roman Empire embraced it and made... And this wasn't necessarily a good thing, but it embraced the resurrection story and made Christianity the official religion of the state. And Christians started getting a break from being crucified, persecuted, burned alive, skinned alive, sawn in pieces. It happened in 313 A.D. under Emperor Constantine, who issued the Edict of Milan, which accepted Christianity. It was no longer illegal. Ten years later, it became the official religion of the empire. That is huge. But well, where is there's proof of that? In, the, in one of the world's biggest denominations. Who's heard of the Roman Catholic Church? The Roman Catholic Church is with us today as the remains of what happened when Constantine embraced Christianity and made it the official religion of the empire. He set officials in place and they built a denomination and we have it with us to this day. Why? They couldn't get away from the resurrection of Jesus and the way it changed people's lives. And of course, Rome, being as corrupt as it was, needed a savior. They needed a change because it was self-destructing due to its own wickedness. The ninth reason I believe in the resurrection, is the benchmarking of world history or tattooing. Can we say tattoo? A tattoo is permanent. It's permanent. And uh, he permanently marked history. Permanently. Can we say permanent? He permanently marked history when he rose from the dead. What happened was the empire embraced Christianity, and in 520 A.D., a historian trying to determine uh, when Easter would happen the next year designed these tables and decided to, to re- relate history to the life of Jesus before his life and after his life. So before his life was B.C., or before Christ... After he came into the world with his life is AD. It doesn't mean after death. It means anno domini. Anno means time or season or year. It's related to the word annual. Domini relates to the word dominate, it means to lead, to govern. To oversee. So the year of the Lord's reign began 1 AD. Now, the way he designed it, you would say BC after the numbers. Like the last word of the Old Testament was written 400 BC. Okay? Constantine did what he did. After AD 300, you say the AD before the numbers the proper way. Now, in history class, they're using things like BCE to replace BC. So instead of saying before Christ, they're saying before the common era. And CE instead of AD. You may see this in your history books. CE stands for common era. They can do that. That doesn't bother me. Because we all know... The common era begins with Jesus. And there's no going back. There's no changing it. It's there. The whole world is impacted by the way they record history. It's 2016. Why is it 2016? Why isn't it 2011? Because it's been 2016 years since Jesus Christ came to the earth. Well, why isn't it 3,000 A.D.? Why not? Well, it's not been 3,000 years since Christ came to the earth. It relates to the reality of history, the person of Christ, and it would not have happened were it not for his resurrection. So a bit of review before we go on to the tenth reason. I believe in the resurrection because I believe in his death. He did die, making his resurrection something that needed to happen. I believe in the resurrection because of what happened three days later. A sealed, guarded, heavily stoned tomb was empty. Body missing. And then reports coming off across that part of the world of his making appearances. I believe in the resurrection because of the phenomena of the scriptures. The amazing prophecies being fulfilled by one person. The chances of that... Blow my mind. Just fulfilling eight of those prophecies would be one, uh, you know, one to ten times, ten to the 84th power. That's a ten with 84 zeros behind it. Another reason I believe in the resurrection is the transformation of his followers, how they were made incredibly bold witnesses, fearlessly facing death and torture. I believe in the resurrection because of the testimony of eyewitnesses. Eyewitness testimony is to be taken seriously. All the courts of the world, if they are civilized people, the testimony of eyewitnesses is important. It holds water. I believe in the resurrection because of the conversion of his family. All of them got on board behind their brother. I believe in the resurrection because of his enemies. They made sure there was no fakery going on. Any theories of fakery weren't around for hundreds of years because people knew it was impossible. I believe in the resurrection because of the embracing of the Roman Empire and they made it an official part of history after three centuries of trying to wipe it out. And these guys were bad goods. You think the mafia is bad. The mafia is nothing compared to the Roman Empire. They were vicious, brutal, wicked people. And yes. And I believe in the resurrection because time as we know it is measured year by year. We add on another year to the Anno Domini related to the life of Christ because of the resurrection and its impact on the history of the world. Another reason I believe in the resurrection is when you believe it, it can change your life and deliver you from the fear of death. Why? His resurrection, the Bible says, is the first fruits. You know, if you have a seed and you plant it in the ground and you grow a fruit tree... Right, The seed is dead, but life has come from the seed. And now you have all this fruit. We are the fruit of Jesus. He was the first fruit. Like the seed dies, He died for us. And then in His resurrection, we have an opportunity to become believers and our lives can be transformed. And one sign that a person has really become a believer in Jesus is they are no longer afraid to die. They are not suicidal They're not trying to get away from here because of the pain in their heart, but they're not afraid to die. Last week, who saw the news, what happened in Brussels, Belgium? This picture's from Brussels. thousand policemen, soldiers, patrolling their streets right now. The threat of death is everywhere. We had this happen in California a few months ago. We're living in fearful times. But as believers, we can be fearless. And a friend of mine named Rocky Gathright was at the airport when the explosions went off. And he had just let his friend out of his car, went into the airport, and then the next thing he knew, here's this explosion. Did he run off like all the other people? No, he went in. Not afraid to die, looking for his friend. Here is his testimony on the Daystar Network. Watch this.
1: Rocky, you're there live uh, from Belgium. You were there at the airport. You heard the explosion. You saw the chaos. Tell us your firsthand account. Yes. Hello, hello to everyone at Daystar. It's good to be talking to you. I'm, I'm from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I was there at the airport. We were dropping off a friend at the airport like we do many times. And uh, I sent my friend into the building with his suitcases, and i began to drive away and before i could drive away the, the uh... the first blast the first explosion uh... took place
0: uh... and i could hear it behind behind me um, there was nothing i could do
1: at that at that moment the crowds, the, the the people on the coming out of the started coming out of the buildings they started flooding out of the buildings and so they started crossing the street to get away from the, the airport building so i had as I had to let the pedestrian traffic cross the road to get away from danger, uh, but eventually I end up at the main crosswalk sitting right in front of the, the main entry building, and the second blast goes off, uh, shattering all the windows, uh, exploding outward towards the street, and um, people just began to continue to pour out. Uh, I took my car over and Parked the car so that I could get out and my was to go and <laughs> rescue my friend uh, that I just sent into the airport. Question. So, no, nothing prepares us in life for this kind of horror, this kind of shock, this kind of cataclysmic event. What were you thinking? What were you feeling while you were experiencing this? Well, I, I was... It was amazingly a calm moment for me. It, it's almost as if I was uh, like you would have a dream, and you're watching the dream happen in front of you. Uh, so the Lord really had just calmed my nerves. Uh, I, I felt I felt safe. I felt like I was protected. I felt more concerned for the people that I was watching and and the the, the danger that they were in. And so it. I was in a cocoon of, of protection. So, and then because of that, I think I was I was able to get out of my car and start helping some of the victims that um, were coming out of the building. So, as soon as I got out of my car, a lady approached me. She had blood all over her, and and um, I just I just started talking to her and trying to help her see if she was okay. And and she was a teacher, and she had uh, several students, several six. Year old kids that were in the in the building, and she couldn't find any of them. So uh, there was just like traumatic stuff happening all around us. Um, but I think the Lord just kind of prepared me for this situation. I don't know. Uh, I can't explain it. So the Holy Spirit was there with you and in you and through you. He gave you that peace. He gave you that soundness of mind. Oh definitely definitely i believe i believe the world is going to shake and we're going to see a lot of things change over the next few years but the things the thing is is that with with christ we have this security and we have this eternal peace uh it's not a temporary peace it's an eternal security and peace that really holds us and grounds us so when things like this are happening i i just you know it's we live just by a different standard a different kingdom there's a different mindset that we can have so that we're not get, we don't have to get caught up in in the the trauma of the moment and of course i wasn't as close to the bomb as some of other other people and i'm grateful for that but at the same time uh, you know there's there is there is a peace you know in the midst of it, any storm
0: i brought you to a crossroads we come here every year at easter What will you do? Will you just make it about bunnies that lay eggs? Which, that doesn't happen. Or chocolate or jelly beans or something shallow like hunting for boiled eggs and say they're symbols of new life. Boiled eggs are not symbols of new life. They've been killed. They've been boiled. You want new life, you know, take them home and put them in an incubator and get some chicks out of the deal. The point is, Easter is about the resurrection of Christ And every year you are faced with this choice, what will you do with his resurrection? He died for your sins, and he's open to you having a relationship with him and arose from the dead as your priest, as your confessor, as your savior. He declared himself to be the only way, the only way to God. Is that arrogant? Not if it's true. When he was saying, I'm the only way, he wasn't bragging. He was just stating facts. For instance, if someone tells you the way to Fort Worth is 377, are they being bigots? Are they being closed-minded? No, they're telling you that's the way to go. That's the truth. And if you say, no, it's not, you're just wrong. We are given every year an opportunity to become believers. Well, what about all these other religions? Well, what about them? Their founders are still in their tomb. Our founder, his tomb is empty. You, with God. If He went through such trouble to have a people to follow Him, to give Him their lives, to give His life, and to rise from the dead, He did it for a reason. Where are you in your relationship with God? This is what they felt like when it happened. And today, it's how we should feel too. Because what it meant for them, it means for us.